the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. And that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin County. Today's trivia theme is Celebrities. Now, my regular two co-hosts, Mark Honf and Nam Fon, are off today. They're busy closing some deals, so they couldn't make the radio show today. But we do have a special guest, Jeremy Goodrich of Shine Insurance. I'm going to give a little background. Uh, Jeremy is a commercial real estate insurance advisor who's been teaching investors how to buy and protect property since 2013. He's the owner of Shine Insurance, which aims to protect some of the top real estate investors in the country and creator of the new home buyer's guide. Jeremy, welcome to the best of investing. Edward, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, looking forward to making insurance interesting and really digging into a topic that some people don't necessarily want to talk about that much, but is actually at the heart of where success lies for really all commercial real estate investors. Okay. So I have my life and disability insurance. So I know a lot about life insurance and a lot about disability insurance, but when it comes to property and casualty, I leave that to you guys, the experts. First of all, let me ask you, um, Shine Insurance, uh, how did you come up with that name? Or So I was an elementary school teacher for 13 years, and I met my wife and business partner during that time, and she was a third-generation insurance agent, insurance advisor. Her grandpa started an agency. Dad took over. Ultimately, dad sold it to a national conglomerate, and so we decided to start uh, our own agency. She left the agency uh, she was working for for her dad, and I left teaching, and we decided to change the way people feel about insurance in our small little way as much as we could to take that on and see what we could do. And we didn't want to use our last name or whatever. So we wanted, we were like, what can we use for the name of the business that really embodies the feeling that we want to create for other people? And Shine just kind of felt right. You know, it could be uh, intelligent. It could be the light at the end of the tunnel. I think a lot of the metaphors around the word worked really well. And so that's what we went with. I mean, you got a great last name too. You have good, rich, you know, it's good and rich together. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I like, think that, that uh, having the background of being a school teacher for so long, uh, you know, gives you the ability to make a potentially complicated subject like property and casualty insurance uh, a little more simpler for people to understand. Yeah, I think that being a teacher, as all teachers, probably many of your listeners have been teachers at one point or another. I know that about the real estate industry. I have. 
<laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, you know, I, I think you, your biggest skill as a teacher is not necessarily your knowledge of the topic. It's your capacity to take that topic and yeah. explain it at the level of whomever your, your students are, right? If you're a high school yeah. teacher, it's that level. If you're an elementary third and fourth grade teacher, like I was, then it's at that level. And I think that capacity to, to take something, boil it down and be able to share it with someone else simply is why so many teachers succeed as sales people or yeah. other types of roles. It's just because you're capable of one, just being authentic. Like I, I know that I'm not out here to, you know, take anybody's money or any of that kind of stuff. Like, right. I, that's just where I come from. And then I can explain things fairly simply. So yeah, I think coming from a teaching back front round is a big, a big part of where I see my value and my authenticity from. You know, I, I can really appreciate that because I taught income tax at the graduate level. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people, even if they're smart, understanding taxes is, uh, is kind of another ball game. Uh, fortunately, right. when I taught, uh, the tax code was a little simpler. <laughs> it was so complicated. Yeah. But it was, you know, yeah. And so trying to get people to kind of understand how, how things work, uh, I think that actually is one of my uh, skill sets because, you know, especially when, you know, the main business that I do is investor relations at Pacific Private Money. And people are trying to understand, you know, how, how does this work? You know, why would anyone pay you a high interest rate for a loan? Uh, why don't they just go to the bank? And so I kind of go right. through the process, you know, of, of why banks, some banks don't make these kinds of loans, uh, you know, even though they're conservative, you have read articles on that stuff. But I think that's one of the bottom line things too, when you're, when you're making decisions about service providers and all those kinds of things is, can they explain things simply to you, whether yeah. you're looking for your personal financial advisor or your college professor, or you're looking for someone to be your attorney or um, tax advisor as a commercial real yeah. estate investor. Like if you're looking at your team of people and they can't explain things simply to you, then exactly. you've got the wrong team of people, you know? Yeah. And especially when people try to impress other people with uh, acronyms and stuff and it's like you know what i you know what does jlp stand for i don't know you know i mean but once you tell me then i'll understand yeah you know yeah first, that's like the first time i learned about debt service coverage ratio and once i understood like oh okay now i get it all right now what's the dsc coverage all right yeah, I get it. Yeah, you, w- one of the things I teach my team is you can't speak speak industry language when yeah. you're speaking with everyday folks. Like when you're inside the industry, you can use industry language because everybody speaks the same language. But when you turn that outside, you have to be able to speak in everyday language, or you're just never going to make a connection. You know? Yeah, and especially you know doing insurance is you know you got to got to be a good salesman too because uh, it's not the type of uh, situation that's going to make people rich it's going to be more of you're trying to save money and and uh, and protect their assets yeah, um, and absolutely. you know trying to explain people about you know how deductibles work and coinsurance and stuff like that and you know i i get that it's going to be a little challenging tell you what uh, when we come back we'll start getting in all the great questions and all the advice that you can uh, teach everyone we're going to go to our first commercial break here uh, the theme is celebrities. And again, just to remind Jeremy here, if you know the answer, don't say anything yet until we get back. All, All right. right. First trivia question. Uh, this actress was awarded an Oscar for her performance in Monsters Ball and Catwoman. Who are we talking about? All right. What actress? Ah, yes. Yeah, so you got a question mark that you may not know the answer. All right. Uh, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, which, by the way, is worth over $100. So it's a nice little uh, gift that we're giving away. Uh, 
This actress was awarded an Oscar for her performance in Monsters Ball and Catwoman. What actors are we talking about? Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Jeremy Goodrich of Shine Insurance. Our first trivia question was, while the, uh, this actress was awarded an Oscar for her performance in Monsters Ball, and then she also played Catwoman. She didn't win an Oscar, I don't think, for Catwoman, but she played Catwoman. Who are we talking about? Well, I have no idea. And I will say over the course of this interview, your listeners will understand that I'm not very good at trivia. But my my guess is I got Anne Hathaway in here somewhere, and that's going to be the guess I'm going to throw out. I give it about a 10% chance of being right. Uh, closer to 0%. But, no, <laughs> uh, Halle Berry. Ah, okay. The, the other, right. the yeah. other two ones will be a little bit easier, I think. So, okay. All yeah. right. So now uh, we have Jeremy Goodrich on the line here, and actually, you're from the East Coast, aren't you? Uh, right in the Midwest. I'm in Bloomington, Indiana, oh, about an hour know. south okay. of Indianapolis, Indiana. So, yep. I grew up in in uh, California. I grew up in San oh. Diego, California, um, but came out here in middle school and been here pretty much ever since. Well, uh, probably your dad had a job change, that sort of thing. Yeah, my dad was a preacher, and he decided that God called him from San Diego, California, to Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm still a little bit angry at God about that, but we're going to be okay. <laughs> God says, I'm going to play a trick on you. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, it's funny because uh, in California, you know, we, we sort of joke about it being uh, spiritually and morally bankrupt, you know? So mm. we probably went to a place where there were people who were already saved it's a little easier probably yeah <laughs> not the yeah. weather but uh, the, the people all yeah. right so uh jeremy um regarding insurance and uh, do you do just commercial insurance so our agency, I do only commercial real estate insurance. So we have a commercial real estate program. It's a national program. I take care of retail, office, industrial, self-storage and apartments. And, um, but we do home and auto. That's where I started. I came from it. Like we've, we talked about before the break um, from being an elementary school teacher. So I started in home and auto insurance and really grew up into the commercial real estate world. Gotcha. Uh, you know, one of the questions I don't have here that I, I'd like to ask you first, if we could, uh, yeah. flood insurance. And it's funny because California right now we're going through a lot of rain that we haven't had for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been involved with some projects where it was just like unconscionable because it would like it would never flood. But we apparently like FEMA would sort of throw it all on us to pay for all the hurricanes and from other parts of the country. And it was outrageous the, the premiums that they wanted i think they've yeah. come down a little bit uh, what's what's going on with flood insurance so i think it's important for your listeners to understand when you buy property insurance you're buying insurance coverage for certain bad things that happen right a fire or a tornado or things of that nature and and certainly in some parts of the country 
some things are excluded. Well, in fact, in the entire country, flood is one thing that is excluded from property policies. That's homeowner's policies. That's property. Yeah. You have to purchase a special flood policy. And even if you're in a very low risk flood area, like I am in Southern Indiana, um, the insurance premium can feel kind of expensive. It's for my homeowner's policy about 600 bucks a year. Right. And my, my entire homeowner's policy besides flood is only about a thousand dollars a year. So you can see that it's, it's drastic. It's very close to the same cost for all the other things. And now when you, so hold on, you're, uh, if you, if you own your house free and clear, you probably don't have to have it, but so your, uh, lender is requiring flood insurance, even are you in a flood zone? So my lender does not require flood insurance. In fact, I don't personally carry flood insurance, oh, okay. but that is, you do get at the heart of why most people do, because it's so expensive for the most part, your lender is going to decide whether it, yeah. flood insurance is required. Now, anyone can buy flood insurance if you want sure. flood insurance. And oftentimes it's a good idea, but if you're in a high risk flood zone, yeah. then your lender is going to require that you purchase flood insurance. And that can be a big expense, especially because high risk flood zones have higher costs for insurance. I said it was maybe 600 bucks where I live, but I'm not in a high risk zone. If I were, it could be 2000, $3,000. And that's obviously a huge expense. And then if you cross that over from homeowners to commercial real estate, which I do all the time. I put a a policy in place just recently for a a 300 unit property in Houston, Texas, that was in a flood zone. So we had to navigate not only hundreds of thousands of dollars in insurance premium for everything else, but almost a hundred thousand dollars in insurance premiums just for the flood exposure. And that was required by the lender in that case of Fannie and Freddie loan or Freddie loan, um, because it was in a high risk flood. Yeah. And and here's the funny thing of the project I, I, was involved with uh, because it was a levy. They decided, you know, near a levy, they decided, oh, you know, even though it hasn't flooded in 500 years, you know, it, it might. And and the premium was going to be 80,000 until it, you know, kind of pushed, pushed back on it. Um, and it's interesting because here in California, you know, everyone's Ooh, earthquakes and all that. But I, I've yet to find anyone who really owns earthquake insurance because it's so expensive and the deductible yeah. is so high that, you know, it's it's almost not worth it, you know. Yeah, and the uh, premise is the same in California, right? Earthquake coverage, not going to be included in any standard homeowners yeah. or property policy in California for obvious reasons. You're going to have to purchase that separately, and it's going to come at a, at a significant cost. For me, earthquake coverage is actually included in my homeowner's policy without any additional extra cost. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I'm, again, in the Midwest, and there isn't really as high of an exposure to the, the possible risk. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Question number one, uh, what is the number one insurance mistake made by property investors? You know, the, the number one insurance mistake is really simple. It's not finding the right advisor. So I'll get into some things that, you know, are other mistakes you can make, but if you have someone who can explain things simply, lays things out clearly is not out to get you the absolute cheapest policy, which is ultimately not going to take care of you in a claim, then that solves a lot of the problems that you have behind that. So the number one mistake is picking the wrong advisor. And you're Um, you're independent, right? So you can sell a bunch of different policies, right? 
Yeah. And that's an important point. Yeah. I'm independent. So I don't work for insurance companies. When we started our business in 2013, we went out and started attracting insurance companies. Hey, we'd love to have you in our agency. Of course, you're going to be competing against other companies in our agency, but we'd love to have you here. And some, some agencies have one company like a, a state farm or an all state, or a lot of those, uh, you know, Super Bowl commercials, those folks have one company. So when you go to them, you're going to that one company. Other agencies have a few. In our case, we have, you know, about a hundred insurance companies that we can go to at any given time, depending on what the type of And the thing is, is some, some companies will be better one year and then they'll have claims or whatever. And then the next year, some other company will be better. I mean, yeah. And it's interesting. It's a, and it's kind of rare that a, a major company will be the best. I know when I used to sell like life insurance, you know, I remember Northwestern acquired company and they were what they call captive agents and their policies were not nearly as competitive as the ones that we used to, uh, to, to sell the clients. Hey, well, we're going to cut to our second. It's going kind of fast here. We're going to cut to our second commercial break on celebrities here. Even though this actor won an Oscar for the 1996 film, leaving Las Vegas, he was nominated for the 2003 film. Uh, he was subsequently nominated for multiple Razzies, for his acting in Ghost Rider uh, and The Wicker Man. What actor are we talking about? Call 888-912-1190. First call with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. Best of Investing will be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Jeremy Goodrich. Uh, second trivia question. Uh, this actor won an Oscar for the 1996 film Leaving Las Vegas and was uh, even nominated for uh, the for. For a 2003 film, I didn't have it in here, uh, but he was sub subsequently nominated for multiple Razzies. I guess that means bad uh, for his acting in Ghost Rider uh, and The Wicker Man. Who are we talking about? <laughs> Again, I one, no uh, okay. If I keep it, mean... he was also the star of National Treasure. Nick Cage. Yes, Nicholas okay. Cage. Yeah, and it's, right. you know what's funny is my wife uh, actually used to be in a children's theater. Uh, with him. Huh. And so we're talking about when you know, he was like, I think he was a year or two older. So we're talking about, you know, in the uh, uh, late 1970s, early, or actually, yeah, late 1970s. And huh. interestingly enough, he, he, it was, you know, his uncle's Nick is Coppola, but he purposely kept, he wanted to change it to cage because he didn't want any special treatment. And, and she said he was like one of the hardest working people. So one of those guys who actually earned it, you know, which is pretty kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Well, there's a name now. There's a modern name for people who are like already in the industry and come up through the industry. I, I can't remember what it is right now, but oh, yeah. When you're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question number two, why is a quality service team so important and how do you build one? So I think this is great, especially for commercial real estate investors. But even if you're doing residential, like you've got to have the people who take care of you. It's the, you know, anyone who's built a business, you start off kind of self-employed, right? You say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build this business from scratch. I'm going to bootstrap it. That means that I wear all the hats, right? I'm the salesperson. I'm the delivery person. I'm the service person. If something breaks down, I got to fix it. And I think those folks who find success in business are the ones who can most quickly figure 
figure out how to become the coach and not the team to, you know, figure out all those other people. And I I think we all struggle with that. But once you get to that place, suddenly you own a business rather than being self-employed. And I think that transformation is really important. And the great thing about it, and I'm coming into it 10 years into the business, it's taken me this long to even sort of see the fruit of this kind of thing. But you start to gain passive income from your business. When someone else is the salesperson, when someone else is the service person, when someone else does the marketing, suddenly the money that comes in didn't require your time. And I think that's the ultimate goal and why building a service team is so important. Now that's your employees, as well as the people who serve you, your accountant, your lawyer in the commercial real estate world, your property manager is the absolute number one service team member. You have to respect them. You have to see them from the perspective of not being a commodity, but being someone who's on your team. And I think there's a lot of terrible property managers out there. So if you're one of those asset managers, you're one of those sponsors, you're one of those property owners that has a great property manager, you've got to respect those those folks and make sure that, you know, you're taking care of them as well. And so from experience, I've had property where I had an absolutely horrendous property manager. There's a ton of them. And then I had property where I had a phenomenal one and it increased the value. And and yeah, I totally, totally respect them. Uh, Let's uh, kind of get into a little story here. What's the craziest claim and how did you pay it out? Play it out rather than just a, you know, like you said, having a good team, it's like people call up and they want to put a claim in. You say, we don't pay claims. We just collect premiums. Yeah. So what, what, yeah. is, what is the craziest claim you've had? Uh, you know, I, there's there's been a lot of them. And most of them are fairly boring stories, right? I had one recently uh, where water a water pipe burst because it was incredibly cold um, and uh, water pouring through the property, three-story property. The, by, the pipe burst on the third story, which means the water comes through the insulation, everything. So it's a, it could even be a total loss for that building in the end. Um, But probably the craziest one was uh, the morning after uh, Thanksgiving, about probably five years ago at this point. And I got a call from a property owner and they said, Jeremy, uh, you're not going to believe this. Uh, We had a fire in our our property. And I said, okay, that's certainly not the first time I've heard that. Um, And and wasn't the last obviously. And I said, how'd it happen? And he said, well, um, have you ever heard of deep fried turkey? And I said, oh yeah, deep fried turkey. I got a video on my YouTube channel about that. You know, you take it outside and you got a big pot of boiling um, oil and you've got your turkey and you put it on kind of a hanger. It looks like a clothes hanger and you dip it down in and it cooks it way faster than putting it in the oven. And it tastes a whole lot better. It may not be better for you, but it, (laughs) it, it, it tastes a whole lot better. I'm very familiar with deep fried turkey, but I've wait a minute. You said it was a kitchen fire. Yeah. Someone tried to do this in their kitchen. And that was exactly right. Someone uh, tried to deep fry a turkey on their kitchen stove, which I don't recommend at all. And as we, as you maybe know, Edward, uh, if you do anything wrong with deep fried turkey, you end up with a grease fire. And in this case, they had not thawed their turkey properly. And so they dipped their frozen turkey in, which created um, sparks of, of oil that then hit the stove. The stove then created a fire. And um, there we had a pretty large fire. I know you don't want to put water on it because that just spreads it further uh, you know it's funny I've, I've heard of deep fried turkey it sounds phenomenal uh i i, I now know how to make it uh, when yeah. you said, and, there you uh, go outside it's sort of like 
you know, oh yeah, it was cold outside, so we decided to barbecue with charcoals inside. It's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happened. And you know, that that was an interesting one because the claim they actually got the fire out fairly quickly as it could have been much worse. Yeah. But uh it ended up being a fifty, sixty thousand dollar claim, and the big problem was the smoke damage. It was across oh, the entire area, true. and the smoke damage damaged anything fabric, and uh so that was a significant wow. claim. Could have been a lot worse though. They were able yeah. to put it out before. When you have like a building and there's a small fire, but the sprinklers go on and it's the, mm-hmm. the water damage that does the, the main thing. Uh, yeah. Tell you what, boy, this is going fast, but here's our uh, third trivia question. We're talking uh, celebrities. Uh, although moviegoers loved his portrayal of John McClane in the Die Hard films and TV viewers enjoyed his work previously in Moonlighting, which action star won the worst actor Razzie in 1999 for his acting in Armageddon? Um, and then he also was uh, apparently in Mercury Rising and The Siege. But uh, if you've seen any of the Die Hard films or the old uh, Moonlighting TV show, uh, you'll know who we're talking about. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown, along with Jeremy Goodrich here. Third trivia question, which Jeremy says he knows this one. Although moviegoers loved his portrayal of John McClane in the Die Hard films and TV viewers enjoyed his work in uh, Moonlighting, with uh, this action star won Worst Actor Razzie in 1999 for his acting in Armageddon. Who are we talking about? Well, I just watched the Die Hard movie with my 16-year-old and 15-year-old nephew, um, and uh, that certainly wasn't the first time I watched it. It's Bruce yeah. Willis, of course. Bruce and, Willis, yeah. Did they and, like it? Oh, they loved it. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I we, we debated yeah. the whole time whether it was a Christmas movie, which is kind of the fun part, I, right? Isn't that funny? Because yeah, it it, just because they, they in, in the movie, it happened to be during Christmas time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, listen, you, you, went to, you, you just batted 333. That'll get you in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we have so we have a few more questions for you there, Jeremy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, here's an interesting one: Should I hire a public adjuster? So tell us what that's all about. This is a great question. So um, when we deal with insurance claims, there are adjusters and there's a variety of types. And the adjuster is simply the per- a person who makes decisions about an insurance claim. When you call an insurance company and say, hey, there's water pouring through my ceiling, uh, I need you to get engaged. They um, put an adjuster, it's called a company adjuster, on the thing. They'll go through the process with you um, and write checks out as makes sense. Sometimes uh, a policy holder can decide to hire their own person 
who then investigates and sort of goes after the insurance company. Um, and that is called a public adjuster. And the best way to understand this is something that we all know, which is personal injury attorneys, right? If you think about the folks who have the billboards everywhere and they say, hey, if you've been in an exact accident, call so-and-so, they are the exact same role. A personal injury attorney and a public adjuster are the exact same thing. The difference is a personal injury attorney is going after what's called liability coverage, bad things that happen to other people because of you. And a public adjuster is responsible for property claims. So I don't know if that was too detailed of an explanation, but your question was, should I hire a public adjuster or not? The thing you have to understand about public adjusters is, of course, they want money and they're going to take between 15 and 20 percent of the payout from the insurance company um, that you get. Now, the adjuster will say, well, we're going to increase the payout by at least that much. And that's their pitch. My advice to you is if you feel like the insurance company is doing you wrong. If you've gone to the point where insurance company is not taking care of you, they're not making you whole, which is the whole point of the insurance company, maybe it is time to hire a public adjuster. Also, if you have a large commercial property claim, if you've got a claim that's going to be millions of dollars paid out because of something that, you know, I had a claim recently with a client who another water damage situation, but this time it started on the 10th floor of a 30 story building, right? I mean, this is going to be millions of dollars in loss and the people who own that business don't want to have to navigate that whole claim on their own. It might make sense to hire someone to help you work through the claim. You can pay, you don't have to pay them a percentage of the claim, right? You could, you could just hire them on a project or hourly basis, couldn't you? Public adjusters in general will will charge for percent by percent of the claim. So what they, they want to so they have an incentive actually to to increase the claim, right? Which yeah. which sounds good, and in a liability side that makes sense. The, the the downside is is that property claims generally, if the insurance company is doing what they're supposed to be doing, yeah. then they're going to pay out the amount of money that they're going to pay out. In fact, if you get to the limit of insurance, that's all there is anyway. Yeah, you can't get more than that. But then also, wouldn't you? You know, that, that millions of dollars is a whole different animal, but your typical claim, I mean, wouldn't you get, you know, bids from contractors to fix what's needing to get fixed? Forgetting liability, we're talking about just fixing just property. The, the property, yeah. fixing the property. Yeah. And so you can kind of get an idea as to what it is. I remember in, it was very interesting in the old days with uh, car insurance, where, you know, they basically, okay, you got to give them three bids or whatever, or, you know, well, actually you have to technically in California, I think you only had to give them one bid, but it was really interesting that these insurance companies now, they just pretty much, you know, Oh, this, this, this uh, fuse costs, you know, $3 and this, I mean, they have it all to the penny as to what they're basically saying. This is, this is what the claim is worth. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the bottom line is a public adjuster is always going to tell you that you need them because they want to make money. But the reality is a public adjuster oftentimes mucks up the process. It's also important to know that once a public adjuster is involved, the money flows from the insurance company to the public adjuster. And then they only give you what you get left from that. And that can create real problems. So my advice is simply just like anything else, if you're going to take an action, make sure you understand what you're getting into. And I would advise against a property, a public adjuster in smaller claim situations or in one to four family properties, unless you've just, you just really feel like the insurance company is doing you wrong and you aren't getting any help at all. And that might be the right time. No, that that totally makes sense. Um, And then 80% of real estate investors are likely not protected. Uh, apparently, or what, what do you, what do you mean by that? 
you didn't mention that in here. I hope your listeners hear that really clearly. I, I see policies all the time. When someone wants to get insurance from us, one of the first things that I say is, okay, yeah, why don't you send over what you have right now? And I'll take a look and just see if, if connecting makes sense. And I see over and over again, especially with small property owners from one to 75, a hundred doors. Mm-hmm. Um, I see insurance policies that are woefully not prepared to actually cover you in a claim. Or are they going to do whatever the minimum that the, bank is going to force them to get and typically? Well, you know, it depends on the lender. I mean, a Fannie Freddie, you know, situation, they require such high limits. That's an important thing to know. If you're going to get in the Fannie Freddie world, you're going to have additional insurance costs, especially if your insurance policy is junk in the first place. You know, I think there's a lot of things in the insurance world that are exclusions from insurance policies. You brought it up at the beginning of this conversation. One thing is co-insurance penalties. If you underinsure a building, let's say a building was worth a million dollars and it was completely burned down. Um, and you insured it for $500,000, the insurance company is going to penalize you by 50% in a claim scenario, Um, even in a small claim. So let's say that same building had a $50,000 claim. They're going to look and say, you only insured it for 50% of what you should have. So we're only going to pay out 50% of that claim. That $40,000 claim now becomes $20,000 paid out minus your five or $10,000 deductible. You can see how you, you thought you had insurance and yeah. suddenly all these exclusions or co-insurance clauses are going to penalize you. And that's So, so what point do they not panel, penalize you? Well, it depends on the policy. So I write policies almost exclusively that have waived co-insurance, which means that penalty I just described does not apply, right? And so, um, or I certainly write limited co-insurance penalties. There's something called ACV coverage, which is like if you have a roof that you need to replace and um, you know, that basically you're going to get a whole lot less money uh, in a claim than you would get if you didn't have ACV coverage. So these are just a couple of examples of things you have to watch out for. Okay. Uh, when we come back, uh, we don't have a trivia question, uh, but stay with us. Uh, we'll be coming back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Jeremy Goodrich. Uh, didn't have a trivia question, but uh, Jeremy, uh, we've been talking for a long time, but people don't know how to get a hold of you if they have insurance questions. Why don't you give out your information? Yeah, just shineinsurance.com. It's the best way to get a hold of us if you have insurance questions. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel that has about 20,000 subscribers, so you can head over there and see a lot of answers to a lot of questions, um, and obviously all over the socials. But shineinsurance.com is the easiest place to do that. Very good. Okay. Um, we have a, a, a question here. A last question that we have for you is, do you invest in real estate yourself? And if so, what types? Absolutely. So I'm an LP investor in uh, multifamily particularly. So I take the active income from my insurance agency. And when there's excess, I invest it passively in multifamily deals. Um, I have a deal in Indiana. I have a deal in Texas. Um, and then I have a little bit of oil and gas, which is not uh, real estate, but yeah. uh, is in the mix there. 
Very interesting. Okay. And do you, do you ask uh, for their insurance policies? To kind of like double check on them? <laughs> well, I, I invest mostly in deals that I know the investor and oftentimes am the insurance advisor. Um, so, you know, I'm underwriting deals every time I get OMs or front end, you know, information. I'm essentially underwriting a deal from the insurance perspective. So I can tell pretty quickly whether I want to invest with a sponsor whether I want to invest in a deal and whether it makes sense for me. And that gives me the position to be able to decide whether it makes sense to put money in the deal. Very interesting. Okay. Any last uh, moments before we get to our thoughts for the day? No, absolutely. I just think that, you know, insurance, it really plays a role in our journey. If insurance wasn't there, none of our, none of you listening would really be investors. It would only be the richest of the rich that would be able to invest in real estate, the ones who could handle the losses without having to take someone else's money. So I think if we shift our mindset just a little bit, it really helps with how we see this piece of the picture. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, you can't really self-insure unless you own a property free and clear because your lender is going to require you have liability insurance. Do you see many people self-insure? Well, once you get to about 2,000, 3,000 doors, you can really get into the realm of, you know, captive insurance, self-insured retentions. And what we're essentially doing there is saying, hey, we'll self-insure for, say, the first million dollars of yeah. loss. Any first million dollars we're going to take. But, but we've got 270, 280 million dollars of real estate in a portfolio like that. So we're not going to self-insure all of it. But yeah, you see self-insuring at the lower levels. Um, and I see self-insuring for someone who has a large portfolio maybe single family properties or something like that. Folks who really have a lot of cash on hand, but that's that balance of risk and reward, right? What are we going to take on ourselves and what are we going to pass on to the insurance company? Yeah. I, my, the insurance I have for commercial building, I think is one of the reasons probably fairly cheap is because it, things may not, it's a concrete tilt up building. It's like, mm -hmm. well, what's going to burn, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Only the insides and then the insides are covered by the, uh, the tenants. Yeah. 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 Joisted masonry is, is you know, those, or those kinds of constructions are, are much cheaper to insure than a frame construction. A 1970s frame construction on hurricane coasts is the most expensive thing to insure sure. uh, anywhere around the country. Yeah. Well, if, if they haven't already been wiped out, you know, they probably, <laughs> right. probably will be. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, Jeremy, uh, give out your information one more time in case people have uh, insurance questions for you, please. Absolutely. Shineinsurance.com is the best place. And then our Shine Insurance YouTube channel would be the second best. Very good. Okay. Here's our thoughts of the day. What do you call 50 penguins in the Arctic? Lost, really lost because penguins live in the Antarctic <laughs> <laughs> or Antarctica, I guess is the way it is. And, uh, how was the snow globe feeling in January? A little shaken. <laughs> All right. And with those daddy puns, as my, uh, my daughter used to call them, uh, tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM.
The Answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.